Show BG and Zach here today. No Randy. I, I guess he's taking a day off, fellas, uh, before the big uh, playoff game this weekend against the Rams. Uh, fellas, you want to jump right into some NFL, go through the uh, four games this weekend and give our picks? Let's do it. Let's do it. Vamos. Vamos a la playa. Um, all right, let's start right in Green Bay. Uh, Packers hosting the Rams, 435 kickoff, I want to say, maybe 335 Central. Um, on Fox on Saturday afternoon, big game. I mean, honestly, that that if Aaron Donald plays, which he's expected to, that's going to be the the biggest matchup in my mind. How that Rams defensive front can pressure Aaron Rodgers, and that's really been the strength of this Packer team is that that offensive line and giving Rodgers time and protection. Uh, so it's really strength on strength here. That defensive front with Aaron Donald, can they get pressure? Can they disrupt uh, Rodgers and get him out of their rhythm? Um, but Honestly, in Green Bay, Packers obviously have that advantage. They have going to have 6,000 fans there. Uh, I think that does more for them than you think. It helps the atmosphere a ton. And I think the Packers are going to win, and it's going to be a close game. But, you know, maybe something like 28-27, 27-24, it's going to be a one-score game. But I think the Packers squeak that one out. Yeah, I think the Packers are going to win this one too. Um, I actually think this is the – one in my mind that's the easiest one to call um, versus all three or all other three games. I think this one um, is definitely going to be a Packers win. And I think what goes into that is just the Rams quarterback situation right now with Jared Goff not being 100% and their backup, who I'm blanking on his name, um, who they're thinking about starting last week. Um, he's in, He's injured as well, so – if something goes bad with Jared Goff, they're, they're down to their third-string quarterback. And like I said, he's not 100% healthy. Yeah. And um, as we know, his hand is injured. And you're playing in that cold weather. If you just take one hit to the hand, it's so much worse um, in Green Bay than it would be in Los Angeles because it's stiff and it's hard. So um, hopefully it doesn't come down to that and we see a good matchup and healthy matchups from both sides. But I'm taking the Packers, and I think the spread is seven. Yep. Um, see the six and a half, seven, seven. Yep. And seven. I'll take the Packers spread on that. I think the just their their offense is unstoppable, and I think their defense is pretty good. And like you said, it's in Lambeau Field, playoff time. That's a very tough environment to play in, even with limited fans. Well said. Wouldn't change a thing. I think the Packers got that one, and I'll take the Packers spread as well. Yeah, and I I think it's funny. I've just been reading a few articles uh, previewing this weekend. It's hilarious when they just – there's going to be so many times mentioned this weekend on, on the broadcast, the chess match between Sean McFay and, and Matt LaFleur. And that's – that's they're going to use that. It's always that verbiage. It's the chess match between it, the two head coaches. So uh, be on the lookout for that in the broadcast this week. We're going to get at least one or two of those. You know, this is just a great chess match between LaFleur and McVay. Uh, and that's just given. That's given. Uh, Sounds right. like Chris Collinsworth on the call. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. And oh, he here's some- a guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was going to say Andy had something about McVay, too. Uh, he said, Sean McVay has a punchable leprechaun face. 
that was all he wanted us to add to the pod tonight. So there you go, Randy. Um, all right, moving on. Ravens at Orange. the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills three and a half point favorites. This is the Saturday night game on NBC. Bills won seven in a row. Baltimore's won six in a row. Probably the two hottest teams in football going up against each other in this one. And, and fellas, you know, to me, this game relies on J.K. Dobbins for for the Ravens. If they can get him going, and they've, I think he's scored in the last seven games. Uh, and they're six and one in those games. Obviously, he scores. They have a great chance of winning. And the, the Ravens have really been able to run the ball. We'll just see uh, if they can limit those Buffalo possessions uh, on the offensive end where they're just throwing deep balls and getting quick scores. Uh, but but I think it's going to come down to can J.K. Dobbins continue to run as good as, as he has the last seven weeks. So yeah, who would you say you're taking? Um, I didn't even give a pick. I'll take, uh, let's see, I'll take the Bills. I'll, I'll call an upset. I'll take the Bills. What's that? Do you, do you know what that is? I guess it's not an upset, but it seems like an upset. Minus uh, three and a half. Minus three, Bills. yeah. Bills are three-point favorites, even though it feels like an uh, upset beating the, the Ravens. Wait, the the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites? Mm-mm. No, they're dogs. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm taking Ravens. I'm Ravens all the way, dude. I I don't know what it is. I got a feeling about them, and it's it's a feeling I had since October. Um, lost my train of thought. Yeah, yeah, I think they. I think the Bills are great. I don't know if they have what it takes. I think they're going to have a couple more years of trying to figure out what's going on because the Ravens kind of feel like the the uh, the Ravens of last year feel like the Bills of this year, where they had it all together. They, you know, they're not the Ravens weren't the best team in the. Oh yeah, they were the one seed last year. So the, the Bills are two seeds, so it's a little different. But I don't think the Bills. You know, we mentioned it in weeks previous um, that they're really good in a lot of places, but they're not great in in a lot of places, and so. I think the uh, the offense that the Ravens have, I think it's just going to get the give the Bills trouble, and it's going to be a shootout. And that's what I was looking forward to in the Tennessee Baltimore game, and it never did. It, it was it was a little lackluster. So I think this one's going to be, and both teams are going to be in the 30s. I think, but I think Baltimore is going to pull it out. Um, I think Lamar they, they're they're finding their rhythm. He said it's the two hottest teams in the league, and I'm just really excited to see this game. But I think I think there it's just too much to stop. You got that um, two headed monster at you know Dobbins and and Lamar going at it. Where you just don't know what their offense is going to do. And that's, I think, why they had a tough time in the middle of the season because they were, weren't too versatile. I was watching a lot of their games via red zone. Um, and so I wasn't seeing all the plays, but they were having trouble because, uh, oh, damn. King scored with one second left. Uh, they're having <laughs> one, trouble. One the, it's 1-1, one, 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 yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just a little too predictable, and they weren't they weren't going back to their what they did with, with Lamar, and he was – I don't know. I, I – I'm rambling again. I, th- I like Ravens, Brady, you talk. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to add this quick about the Packers-Rams game because I totally forgot to bring it up and I wanted to bring it up. But it's going to be awesome seeing the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. That's going to be sweet because oh, Jalen Ramsey's a great corner. He talks so much shit, and he backs it up, up because he shuts down co- shuts down corners. But in my opinion, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league, so that's going to be really fun to watch. Going back to the Ravens-Bills game, yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think that the hmm, I think that the Ravens are going to win. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to win, but I kind of want to pick the Bills just to pick opposite of you guys. But I'll yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens too, uh, plus three and a half. I think that's a pretty good line to get them at, um, especially because th- the difference between three and a half and three is so big. 
for spreads. But yeah, it seems like Lamar Jackson is just a different beast um, come playoff time. I know last year, obviously, it didn't go the way they wanted it to end up. But uh, this past weekend, he had over 130 rushing yards. And it just seems like the games that actually matter, whether it's playoff games or the late season regular, uh, late regular season games like against the Browns, where he just played tremendous and came back in on that fourth and five and threw that touchdown pass to win that game and lose my fantasy championship. Um, it would turn out to be, but he's just so hard to stop um, in these games. He'll he'll pass for a hundred yards and he'll run for one fifty. So it's it's something that the defense just isn't going to be used to. And I expect both offenses to do really well just because on both sides of the ball, they have great quarterbacks and great weapons at uh, running back and receiver, more so for the Bills. But I think the Ravens will cover and probably win too. Yeah, certainly going to be a good one. It, it just feels like the Bills are an underdog in this one. I don't know why. I, three three and a half point favorites, but feels like an underdog to me at least. And they're at home too. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. That's just what happens, I guess, when you've had a, a franchise that has struggled for that long and has lacked playoff wins and quality playoff wins. So it'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Let's get on to Sunday's games now. Uh, Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs 10-point favorites, uh, at least on my line, BG. Um, yeah. And the Browns coming off their first playoff win in 25 years. I mean, what what can you expect? I mean, they're, they're probably going to be pretty pumped up and energized. You just hope there's not that lull of – you know, we just won a playoff game for the first time in 25 years. Let's go. I mean, you, you hope there's not just a, a complete drop-off, at least that you've seen like with the Vikings and NFC Championship games the last couple of times they've been in there where they're just not competitive at all, and they come off a big upset win, you know, Minneapolis miracle, highest of highs, and then getting blown out. Uh, and kind of feels like that might happen for the Browns here, but, you know, they're going to do everything they can to, to get uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, going against his former team uh, going in this game. That's what they're going to need to do. Um, the Chiefs' defense averages or is allowing four and a half yards per carry, a pretty bad number, and that's got to be appetizing uh, to that Browns offense looking at that matchup. But on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs' defense has given up 300 or more passing yards a game uh, last seven of their seven of their last eight games. So that's you know got to be very appetizing to this Chiefs' offense, who can throw the ball all over the park with with Tyreek Hill running those fades. I mean, I don't know how the Browns' offense can keep up with this Chiefs' offense, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one, fellas. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think the buck stops here. I think it's not even going to be close. Even though the Chiefs at the, la- the last part of the year, the Chiefs were a confusing team. Like They're obviously the best in the NFL. Maybe that's not obvious. Maybe some people think the Packers might be. Um, between those two, in, in my mind, and in, I think most people's minds. Uh, but that game against the Falcons, I think week 16, week 15, really confusing. They almost lost. They didn't. They won. Um, and then they lost week 17. They, realistically, they should, they should be a 15-1 team. Um, but they had, they benched their guys at week 17, whatever. Um, and so I'm contradicting myself there. I, it was a weird, they had a weird couple of games. They, they couldn't find the rhythm against the Raiders. And for some reason, the Falcons gave them trouble, two teams that aren't in the playoffs. Um, and I just, it, it, you know, it was a little, little weird to me that they got caught up on those teams, but then they can blow out any other team. So with that, oh, with all that said, I think, I don't think it's gonna be close at all. I think the Browns had their one, one game, just like the bills. They, you know, broke their streaks, and I think that's about it. But 
a lot of hope for those two franchises, but I got, I got the chiefs by like a million. I'm taking the Browns plus 10. Um, I've got faith in them. I've got faith in them to cover, not to win. I think the chiefs are definitely going to win this game, but 10 point spread is a, is a big spread and come playoff time. It's just those offenses that are run heavy offenses. It definitely favors them because of the colder weather. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Kansas city come Sunday, but to have the best rushing offense in the NFL um, and be dominant over the past stretch of games and beat the Steelers, beat up on the Titans, two really good teams, or two pretty good teams, I guess. Um, the Browns are hot right now, and they didn't even have their head coach for the last game, and they have them now this weekend. Um, you can argue if that is a big deal or not, or if, or if it even impacts the game, but I think it definitely helps them that they have St- Stefanski this weekend, and I don't think they can keep up with the Chiefs' offense. I think maybe only the Packers can do that, but that it definitely helps that they're run heavy and not pass heavy, I think, um, because the Chiefs, like you said, Beal, have, have a problem stopping the run, giving up four and a half yards per carry, and the Browns are going to eat that up. And they have a very capable quarterback, too, um, with Baker Mayfield, kind of similar to Kirk Cousins, where they don't use him too much because of that run offense, but he's very efficient. And they have a great play-action offense because of that. Um, and we've seen that uh, work for teams in the playoffs. So I think the Chiefs will win, but the Browns, and I hope the Browns, uh, will cover the plus 10. Yes, sir. Um, all right, moving on. Last game of the weekend, Tampa Bay Bucks at the New Orleans Saints. Saints, three-and-a-half-point favorite Sunday night game on Fox. Um, fellas, they played two times already this season. Uh, Saints won both of those games. Tom Brady threw five interceptions um, in those two games. Didn't have Antonio Brown in either of those games. Obviously, he's with the team now. How much does that help? We'll see on Sunday night. But, you know, this is going to be a great football game. I don't think it'll be quite as high scoring as that Chiefs-Browns game, but it's going to be the second highest scoring game in my mind, at least. And uh, I got the, uh, the Bucks winning on uh, a last-second drive, maybe a field goal, maybe a touchdown, but it's going to come right down to the wire. What is the spread again? Uh, three and a half for New Orleans. Okay. Um, yeah, this is one of the games where I could see it going either way. Um, and I hate the Saints. I hate them. I know Zach and I have talked about that a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Just talk so much shit and Bounty Gate and Sean Payton's their head coach. But um, for that reason, I'm going to take the Bucks. Plus three and a half. It's playoff Tom Brady, one of the best, the best ever to do it, actually. Um, and like you said, he has Antonio Brown. Uh, last week, the Bucks not a great performance, but Saints didn't have a great performance either. And the Bucks were without Gronk, and we know that Gronk is Tom Brady's safety valve, and he loves going to him. So I think that'll be a big impact. Um, the Buccaneers have a great defense, and it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. I know that's talked about it, and it's very true. It's very hard to beat a, a good team, too, like the Bucks are three times. And I think that the Saints are not going to get it done this weekend and that the Bucks are going to cover and the Bucks are just going to win outright against the Saints. And I really, really hope that happens and just see Sean Payton walking off the field. Oh, that's, there's no prettier sight. Yeah. yeah. I have a hard time differentiating between you know who I want to win and who I think is going to win and – with the Packers, I put that aside for right now, and I'm as crazy as a lot of people think this might be. I'm 
I'd rather see the the Packers in the Super Bowl than the Saints right now, just as it stands. I I don't know why. I know why I feel like that. It was because the Christmas Day game, but and historically, I just the, the Saints are just I just can't stand them, and so I'm gonna go Bucks on this one. I do I think they're gonna win? I don't know. Yeah, like you said, Brady, it's gonna be tough to beat the team three times in a in a season as an NFL team, but. Boy, yeah, that. I hope it's a good game. I hope it's better than that last game they played. That wasn't the prettiest game. Um, I remember watching that. Uh, I can't remember which week it was. Uh, that last uh, Saints Bucks game, but yep. I, I hope it's. I hope it's a good game. I hope it's a shootout. Um, and I hope Bucks uh, come out on top. So I'll take the Bucks too. Yeah, I, I, I just hope it's a heartbreak uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I hope it's I know. you know some sort of heartbreaking. They got the game. At least it looks to be locked up, and then somehow the Bucks come from behind and find a way to. Uh, to knock the Saints off in tragic fashion. I mean, it's it's been tragic for the Saints in the playoffs the last few times, and hopefully we get another one. I, I love seeing Sean Payton miserable. That is Tampa no Bay miracle. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, fellas, anything else NFL-related um, heading into this weekend? I'm hoping Antoine Winfield and Tyler Johnson have a great game yes, if Tyler sir. Johnson gets in. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of books football recently, at least. Been wa- I haven't been watching, you know, their last four or five weeks of the regular season. Was he playing a lot at the end of the year or what? No. Yeah, it was more so that, like, first half of the season where he yeah. didn't play a lot, but he caught, like, two touchdowns in a three-game span. But yeah. Antoine Winfield, obviously, is a starting safety, and he's been having a hell of a season. Yeah. I saw an ESPN or Bleacher Report, one of the two, that they ranked him as the eighth best rookie season this season. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it would have been cool if the uh, Vikes had gotten him. But, hey, happy for him and what he's doing uh, down in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All righty, fellas, just a few uh, other news from the NFL. Urban Meyer hired today the big news. He's going to Jacksonville. Robert Sala, D.C. from uh, San Francisco, hired by the Jets. Uh, so a couple new faces in the NFL, and really everyone's looking at Urban Meyer now. First time in the NFL. There's the comparisons to Nick Saban and Pete Carroll. Which one is he going to be? Is it be Saban who fails in the NFL and goes back to college football, or is he going to be a Pete Carroll who transitions, you know, into the NFL and stays there for a long time? And we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, he's getting kind of inherited kind of a shit sandwich down there in Jacksonville, but we'll see if he can, <laughs> can turn it around like he has at Florida and Ohio State and. I think Bowling Green and Utah as well. Hope he's hungry. Hope he's hungry <laughs> as well. Um, Zachary, some big news out of the MLB today. I want to get your reaction. Uh, Theo Epstein, former president of baseball operation for the Chicago Cubs, uh, who helped to guide them to a World Series back in 2016. I believe he retired or left the team in 2019, I want to say. Uh, but he was hired today by the MLB. He will serve as a consultant to Commissioner Rob Manford, um, helping some on-field issues or on-field matters, it says. Um, but the the press conference or the press release basically said he's going to try to help with some rule changes and making the game a little more exciting. That I like that I, I do. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if that's Joe Torrey's old job and did Joe Torrey step down? Um, I can take a look at that here real quick. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. It didn't sound like he was taking someone's job. It just said he was hired on as a consultant. So. It sounded like he, it was just a position maybe they created for him or, or just another consultant. He, you know, that's, I think that's awesome. I really do. He turned, you know, Chicago around. I don't know how long he was in Chicago before they won the World Series, but um, 
I know he was a hero over in Chicago there. And so and he is, he's a younger guy in, in comparison to all the old white dudes that are, you know, heads of all these sports that we watch. And he's, I think mm-hmm. he's in his, I don't know, late forties or something. Yeah. He's just a middle aged white dude. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> he does seem like a young, young, you know, guy that's going to, uh, create some excitement. And, and I know they, I wasn't totally sold on, on replay and, 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 well, that wasn't meant to speed up the game, but there've been new rules about like, you know, you can only take a certain amount of time to pitch the ball. You, there's only a certain amount of mound visits and stuff. And, and yeah, some of that has helped, but I, I would like to see what he does um, in regards to making it a little more exciting for fans that maybe have trouble sitting through a full baseball game. Um, Zach, that, what's, what's one rule that would make the game more exciting? Oh man. Cheerleaders. <laughs> okay. That's not um, let's see. One game, one rule that would make the game more exciting. Are they are they doing um, designator hitter DH in both leagues now? Oh, that's a great question. After after this after what they did during yeah. the uh, COVID season, right. I don't know if they're going to implement that. Still, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, let me think a little bit about that. What what I think an exciting rule would be. What what I think they should absolutely not keep from the COVID season is that over uh, extra inning rule. My goodness. And some people loved it. And I think that's kind of, I also, I'm a little worried that maybe he's going to be a really like get crazy about like, okay, we're going to, you know, play seven innings now or say we're going you know, <laughs> to, I don't know. Yeah. Do some yeah no. And the, the thing that happened last postseason is or last uh, season during the COVID uh, summer is they, put a guy on second base during extra innings. I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I don't think that makes any sense. And they were trying to make games shorter and that make that part makes sense, but you can't, it's just, it's screwed with people's ERA. Like you got to give a guy an earned run. And he didn't even give up a hit. Like could have got a, a wild pitch or something. And he get from second base, he scores. And I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, hopefully they take that rule out. But as a, as a rule to make something more exciting, I'll, I'll let you know in a little bit here. Fair enough. All right, there we have it. Um, last bit of news here. Just popped up on my phone, actually. Angel Cabrera, this is out of the PGA Tour. Angel Cabrera arrested in Brazil um, <laughs> late on Thursday night. He He's facing uh, charges of assault, theft, illegal intimidation, and repeated disrespect to the authorities, uh, according to the Brazil police. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Uh, former masters champion, I want to say, yeah. Masters champion in 2009, 2009 and U S open champion in 2007 on Hill Cabrera arrested in Brazil. So, uh, crazy stuff. Illegal intimidation. That's quite the charge. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, there's nothing really specific. Uh, I mean, just mostly talking about his accomplishments in golf, but Argentinian media reported earlier in January that on former wife, Sylvia Roverdo had filed two charges against the golfer. Oh, okay, so maybe it's related to his wife a little bit. Um, claimed that Angel had punched her, threatened her, attempted to run over her with his car. Jeez, in 2016. He's going down the tiger path. Yeah, he, yeah, we got a we got a Brazilian tiger here. It seems like. <laughs> um, so little story to watch there, fellas. Um, Zachary, Hopefully, doesn't go to a Brazilian prison because I've heard those are not. Good places to be. Yeah, I, I, I imagine he'll just pay his way out of it, bribe some officials, uh, yeah. get, get himself either out of jail completely or maybe into a, a nice plush cell. Um, Zach, <laughs> how's that wild game doing? Are we still 1-1? 1-1, yep. First intermission here. Uh, it was, there must have been some rough ice. 
or something going on. It was, I had the game on mute for the most time when we were doing the podcast, but it, there was a lot of sloppiness. And I mm. think, um, hopefully they fixed something over. Cause I, right at the beginning of the game, they had said that the players are just getting used to new conditions or, so, or something new. I don't, I can't remember what they said, but there were a lot of missed passes and a lot of whiff shots and, mm. and a lot of things you don't see in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but we're one, one, they scored Kings scored with a uh, second left, but good news is, uh, cap, uh, Kaprizov, Kaprizov, um, yeah, Kaprizov. Uh, he got his first point. There we go, yeah. an so, assist. It looks like, huh? Yep, an assist. There we go. Cool. Nice. Um, there we so go. So that's people. I was watching the whole pregame, and sounds like everyone's just super stoked to have him here, and and that seems like the general consensus among um, probably all Minnesota hockey fans because. Apparently, I didn't realize we've had this guy for like five or six years in our system. Mm-hmm. I did not know we had him for that long. Yeah, well, I mean, um, he's been in the KHL for a while. We just had him under contract uh, as far as NHL goes, but that doesn't extend over to the KHL. It's not like we had the, we didn't own the rights to him in the KHL, so he just stayed over there and played. Uh, oh, and okay. It was kind of like a Ricky Rubio situation where we drafted him earlier than he was released from his contract with Spain or a Spanish team, and then he came over and played for the Wolves. I think it was a similar deal with Kaprizov. He was under contract in Russia, couldn't leave until that one was up, and then it ended up being right in the middle of COVID, and he got over here, and here he goes, first game of the season. So It's exciting. Yeah. It's something to be excited for. And we got, a, we got um, I don't know for any Minnesota hockey fans listening, but we got um, Bukestad. Uh, go, the goal for himself is from Blaine. He's a Mr. Hockey Award winner in 2010, and he's uh, he was a golden gopher. There we go. And he went down to Florida with actually Kyle Rao, another golden gopher, and Kyle Rao's on our COVID call-up team, which is sweet. Um, so that means the next man up, kind of if some guy goes down for COVID, he'll be right back up. But Abuke said he's a, he's a center, and he's a big, big dude, and he's he's probably, probably one of my favorite players ever watching gopher hockey um, during a great time in gopher hockey history, history when we didn't win a championship with him, unfortunately. But anyway, it's good to see him. He's a awesome dude, really nice guy, it seems, and Excited to have him on the team. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. We'll see, see what the Wild can do this year. Yeah. Game one of the Wild. Uh, it's 2021 season, one period in. And uh, Kirill Kaprizov has an assist already. So, a lot to look forward to for the Wild this season. Uh, fellas, anything else to wrap up the episode here? Uh, I've got my answer. Uh, I wish they would do something, maybe take out one. I know they're, they're expanded the MLB rosters during the playoffs and they do that stuff. I would like to see you know, for both the regular season and the playoffs or MLB, um, not as many relief pitchers. And so it's almost an incentive for starters to go longer than four innings, five innings. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just so dumb what they do now. I, um, I like that. That's a, that's a good rule change. I think we need to uh, send that to uh, Mr. Epstein. Mr. Epstein, we'll see what he, <laughs> yeah. let's see who we have uh, contact with that wake and take, see if we can make that happen. Oh yeah. No, no. Issues. What about, what about metal bats? <laughs> Every pitch is a home run. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be great. They'd have to move the mound back, which also <laughs> stats would be up the chain, just off the charts. But I think yeah. that'd be awesome. They'd have to make every ballpark bigger, wouldn't they? Yeah, everything would just be. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. Uh, you just see. That'd be like awesome. Six hundred foot home runs and like aluminum power and and uh, backyard baseball would be. Man, I can't imagine what Stanton would do. People would. I was just going to say, die. could you imagine people Jim would Kyle die? Stanton stepping <laughs> yeah. into the box and just crackling one, and you could hear that crack of the metal bat from like miles. three miles away. 
or even just like would, I mean that's where the ball would go yeah. three miles away too and just ripping one down the first baseline or third baseline like a foul ball oh, too somebody takes gosh. that to the dome they, oh yeah they'd they have would to die. put nets around the whole stadium yeah. <laughs> they, they would die that's well that, that was a that was a great idea man <laughs> that, uh, that's good good ratings good publicity either yeah. way oh it would be I'd watch I'd watch every single game no matter who was playing that's kind of what happens sometimes if it's on TV <laughs> but like it would be unbelievable if they did that yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Um, well, fellas, I think that's a good place to end it on. So let's, let's end it right there. We'll be back on Tuesday recapping all the games from this last weekend, talking a little NCAA update as well. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see you guys all day. Another turning point of folks stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable And in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life Take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf and good up and good times Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you.